Hey guys, this is Mike Costelli. Welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. This will be episode number 15. Today's episode, Jamie, Christine, and myself get into all things sleep hygiene. That is the magic supplement, how to get better sleep. It improves everything in your life. I hope you guys enjoy this. Thanks for listening. Oh, so last night, mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was standing right here i had shut everything off i was going to bed and i was just writing like last few text messages oh my i could hear my neighbors banging like <laughs> you sh- like she was screaming Whoa, like she was screaming harder harder like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i'm like oh this is hilarious this is the first time i heard anything here it's been pretty quiet <laughs> But it was like so clear. <laughs> now, do you have young neighbors or old neighbors? This this loft place it seems like it's younger. Okay. I'll yeah. yeah. <laughs> like seventy year old. Oh. oh no no no! <laughs> yeah, you could tell she was younger. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. Today it is just myself, Jamie, and Christine. How's everyone doing today? Good. You? Super. Super. Well, I just came off night shift, so I'm going to be the zombie guy today. Do you get like work hangover, like sleep hangover? Uh, well, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm totally like, yeah. Depends, um, it depends on how much sleep you had. Yeah, last night was up to your night shift. Too. Yeah, so last night was my first night shift. So I was pretty well rested going in. And then I, I was able to sleep from like 11-ish until 3. And that's it. So about four oh. hours worth of sleep. Yeah. So running on a little caffeine and whatnot. So Man. yeah, it kind of sucks. I mean... That could say we were actually talking about what we were going to talk about today. And we do have some topics. One of those was actually going to be sleep hygiene. So, I mean, I can, you could probably talk about all the right shit to do. I could talk, and Jamie, and I could talk about all the wrong shit to do. Yeah. People could figure out, okay, I'm not going to do what Mike does. So, <laughs> I think that it's actually, it would be good to talk brief. I know Nadia talked about it when we, chatted with her because she's an RN so she works shift work but I think it would be just because I had a new client yesterday who she works shift work as well and she works really screwed up hours for shift work like Mm -hmm. her nights she works like two nights and then she has a day off and then she goes to two days and then I don't know totally screwed up like it's not even a normal like there's nothing yeah no rhythm to it she and she had absolutely no clue about how to function with like nutrition or like blacking out her windows or like when to mm. use melatonin. Like she didn't really have a clue about any of that. So, I mean, we could, we could touch on things like, like that, how to keep like and try to keep an, a normal circadian rhythm if you are working night shifts. Well, why don't we talk about yeah. the right shit to do? Cause I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, at least for us, it's like, well, we know exactly what we should be doing and we assume that it's common knowledge, but like you said, your new client was just like, Oh, I didn't know that. So what are some of the things that you do? Cause I know out of all my clients, you're a former client. Um, you have the best sleep hygiene for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty simple. Honestly, I try and keep like a regular schedule. So like try to get in bed at the same time and going to sleep at the same time. Obviously that doesn't, happen all the time but like say okay let's be in bed by 10 um, and get up at 7 30 something like that Mm -hmm. um outside of that it's keeping a dark room like that is really important um and keeping it cool yeah yeah when i talked to her about keeping her room cold she was like what and i said (laughs) yeah i said like i said one you should sleep naked yeah, that's another one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, try to use sheets that are like a nat- like a um, a natural fiber, 
So if you sleep in like polyester sheets, it's not going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said, keeping the room cool, like 16 degrees. And she was like, 16 degrees. Are you serious? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and one of the, re- so you always hear that keep a cold room and people are like, Oh, okay. But then what's the reason for that? So the reason yeah. for that is one of the signals for our body to, to know that it's about to go to sleep is a drop in body temperature. Now, people don't like to be cold when they sleep, but it's just that drop in body temperature. And that's why one of the other things you can do is like have a, have a bath or have a shower and it's, it's have a warm one or a hot one. When you get out, your body's automatically going to give off some heat. And it's just that drop in your body temperature. It's not like we're trying to become hypothermic, but it's just, like I said, just the signaling of your body temperature dropping that's your brain's like oh cool okay time to go to sleep because right. i always go back to this from like millions of years of evolution we always went to sleep when the sun went down and it got cooler out and that is how our circadian rhythm has been entrained meaning like you know it's, it's set within our dna for millions of years so and we, i actually read something yesterday that before the electric light bulb was um was invented people on average slept 10 hours a night you're such a nerd no. <laughs> that's nine hours like nine hours is like that's legit. for you that's money yeah yeah <laughs> like if i get less than like seven i feel like shit mm-hmm. and that's interesting because i've heard that from a lot of my clients who who train and perform at a really high level when like, you know, seven hours for the average person is actually pretty good. Oh yeah. It's a lot. But when you have a really hard training schedule, you're trying to offset that stress and, and sleep deprivation. This is one thing I can talk about from a personal point of view, sleep deprivation will massively affect your rate of perceived exertion. And I've probably used this example before on a podcast somewhere, but I, this was many, many years ago. I came off a night shift. It was a brutal night shift. I went to the gym and I was coaching at the CrossFit gym here. And a buddy and I were going to row a 5k together. We we're going to try to get a PR, both of us. So we we're going to do it together. 2,500 meters in, I just fucking stopped. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nope, not today. And it just felt horrible. Oh my split, yeah. My split time was like my normal split time for 5k and the damper was the same. Everything was the same. And I was like, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. And then, so went home, got a good night's sleep, came back the next day, PR'd and it wasn't so much the PR, but it was like, it felt completely different the whole time, right? It just, instead of being 10 out of 10, it was like, okay, this is hard. This is like seven and a half, eight out of 10. You know, I have some in reserve, but it feels totally different. And it can be that to rate of perceived exertion. Yeah, I, I run into that a lot too. And to the point where that, even like the other night, um, I probably got like, I don't know, six hours or something like that, but just quality was not great. Mm -hmm. And I don't even go into the gym anymore when I, when I have nights like that, because it just, to me, it's like counterproductive. I'm not going to be able to do, you know, put my full effort into it. My focus is trash um, and all that. So I just take the day off and I just go in the next day. Yeah. Yeah, those those are the good days where you do active recovery, where you just like yeah. go for a walk, or you you know you do you go for a bike ride, or yeah. it's like it's just something that is like that is low key, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something interesting. It's like counter counterproductive. A lot a lot of people would say, but I just like want to talk about it and hear what you guys have to say about it. So um, for me, I have my brain will not shut off. Like I will lay there for hours um, and just think about, it doesn't even make sense what I'm thinking about. Um, And the one thing that puts me to sleep is actually watching something like on Mm. my laptop or my TV. If I don't watch something, I will lay there for hours. But but when I watch something, I'm out in like 15 minutes. See so oh, and what is it that you watch? I'll watch documentaries. Okay, so it's not like you're watching like Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now maybe sometimes. <laughs> premium is free right now. <laughs> you told me. Oh, I told you. Is it? Is it? Good to know. <laughs> so I hear. So I hear. There's a funny story. You probably think it's funny. Is 
so we outfitted this is completely irrelevant just about Pornhub but so we, <laughs> so we outfitted our garage my parents gave us this old flat screen like plasma tv I'm like let's put it in the garage oh, so that we can so that we can like I can watch Netflix and I can do cardio or we can right. read music on it whatever so we hooked it up with a fire stick in there wi-fi and we're in there and Mike's like well I'm gonna see if we can stream Pornhub <laughs> I mean, it just, how would that make you feel mid-workout? You're just like, yeah. motivation. <laughs> yeah, testosterone just like. <laughs> I think that you would probably have blood moving to the wrong part. Yeah. To encourage hypertrophy. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Wow, that was a total tangent. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, track. Um, so, yeah. So when it comes to sleep issues and i know this is getting sort of away from sleep deprivation and the sleep hygiene topic but this it all ties in to the two issues that i find with people when they can't sleep are either their sleep latency so how quickly they fall asleep so problems falling asleep or their sleep's fractured or i guess the third one would be to have an early awakening so usually the easiest one to fix would be falling asleep because that's usually a psychological problem, right? Right. Or they've had too much caffeine. Well, there's yeah. that. Go into that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Sounds like with you, 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 so that whole, I can't shut my brain off. That's really common. It's like people are really, really busy all day and they're, they're on task and they've got stuff to do. They got to-do lists. They got stuff on their mind. And then it's like the lights go down, the head hits a pillow and all of a sudden it's quiet. And you have, your mind is just like, kaboom. It just starts running with shit. And yeah, you will always hear that you're not supposed to like, watch stuff on an electronic device or engage your mind in that way. But for you, it's probably causing a distraction away from your thoughts. And then it's your ability to fall asleep. Right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I would, I would never recommend that to a client. If I have a client and they say, and I do have one actually, and she's like, you know, the only way I can fall asleep is if I have the TV on. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to do that. But if it's the only way that you can get to sleep, do it but the other thing you could do too is you can see we could substitute with having music on well yeah or I something mean, like that right, right? yeah but i don't think that would work as good for me no. still but i think importantly to say is um to put i put my tv on sleep mode mm-hmm. so like i'll have it right i'll set it for like an hour and i'm out <laughs> so fast and then it shuts off so it's not like playing do you do this every night yeah no kidding. See, yeah. the reading doesn't help. No. See, hmm. I can like, if my brain is like on overload, which doesn't happen very often, because no. I can turn, I can turn my brain off and fall asleep in like 30 seconds. Yep. Really? Oh yeah. It's pretty crazy actually how quickly um, you fall asleep. But if, if I'm not, if I'm not feeling like tired, um, then I'll read and see, like within like 15 minutes of reading, I'm just like, it's like I've taken sleeping pill. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Well, I, and I heard and I've tried uh, like d- breathing because you can mm-hmm. tap in the parasympathetic. Yeah. Um, I've definitely done that. It definitely helps, but it's not enough to get me to fall asleep. Yeah. But I recommend that to my clients. And yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, you always want to go to those techniques first prior to getting into some supplementation right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's things like, I mean, cause I taught yoga for years, so I would teach yoga Nidra. So, it, and Nidra is like <clears throat> for sleep time. So you do it before you fall asleep to, to calm your body. Mm-hmm. And it's like things like you would, and it's really like, it's, you have to completely block everything else out of your mind when you do it, or it does shut everything off, but it's like focusing on what part of your body do you feel the most in your mattress? And taking your taking like your focus there, or do you feel space between your toes? Do you feel feel space between your fingers? Do you feel like your like your scalp? Can you feel your scalp? right? You're distracting yourself. Yes. Can you feel yeah your breath the, the the temperature of your breath on your upper lip as you exhale and the coolness as you inhale? Like yeah. it's it's okay. very very subtle. Yeah. Um, and it's and, 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 and it's like something. you are completely present when yeah. you do that right. it, it makes you completely present and it, it just gets rid of all of the chatter mm-hmm. right makes sense and i mean it's, it's for some people it's like insane they could never do it they're like oh i could never do that 
but it's like once you start to do it it's like yeah can we talk about how um so i take supplements Mm -hmm. um i'll take them at night more than any other time of the day and i take I take uh, max sleep majority of the nights, but sometimes I'll take a break, right? And then when I go back to taking max sleep, this has happened many times where I've told you this, where I take max sleep and I wake up completely opposite of where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, remember you told me that you just woke up sideways or something. Like oh yeah. Like I wake up and where my feet, like where my feet are supposed to be, my head is like, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, what's even happening here? And I don't know what <laughs> happened. Um, I haven't had that feedback on max sleep. So if we want to get into supplementation for sleep, um, there's lots of shit out there. Um, I'm pretty biased on what I think works and what doesn't obviously. So I've always been a big fan of ZMA. So that's zinc, magnesium, aspartate. So basically it's zinc, it's magnesium, it's vitamin B6, pyridoxine. Those all play a role in the sleep cycle. They're all relatively benign. And when it comes to sleep supplements, some work, but they're not benign. So they'll have side effects. Some will work well, and they don't have side effects. So those would be the ones I really like. Um, I also like GABA. So, I mean, zinc plays a role in the REM sleep cycle. Magnesium is a deep muscle relaxer. So it's not essentially doing anything for your sleep. It's just causing physical relaxation. And if you're female, you should take both of those anyways. Yeah. For cycle. Well, for, for a hormonal, like for your um, menstrual cycle health. Yeah. Zinc's really good for skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like multiple, yeah. Hidden, multiple yeah, I take zinc yeah. at night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, athletes are deficient in zinc. Most people are yeah. in magnesium. Vitamin B6. Now I got to think about this one. Um, it helps the conversion of serotonin to melatonin. Um, and that's why it's in, in the ZMA formula. That's the one when people take it, sometimes we'll get the feedback of like, Oh my God, I had these crazy vivid dreams. I was like, scary nightmares. I don't like it. And it, it's called vivid dreaming. And you're actually always having those dreams. But when you supplement with B6, it just causes you to actually remember them or have them be more vivid. And that actually wears off after a while. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the base for max sleep, but the ZMA has been around for a long time. Yeah. And then GABA is another one that I like too. GABA is a inhibitory neurotransmitter, meaning it kind of, it slows your brain down. So if you're tired and wired, like what you described, you know, head hits the pillow, you're thinking a million miles an hour. That's a really good one too. Right. Um, and those are the ones I really like. I don't Have you used melatonin before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually one of the people that it works the opposite for. Mm-hmm. I don't, it does not make me tired. I, it actually works the opposite. <laughs> it makes me like, it's actually like I'm intoxicated. Like I slur my words. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? With, like, with what? Like half a milligram. Um. So the stuff that we have is that liquid stuff, which I've had for like still years, works. 10 years. Doesn't work for you, Mike. No. So, I mean, it's funny because melatonin is one of these supplements. Um, it's interesting. It's got a very interesting history. So it was banned in Canada for a long time because it's a hormone, right? Um, and then health Canada said, okay, maybe it's actually pretty benign. So it's now over the counter again. Um, and you hear about it for jet lag. You hear about it for sleep Old in like 0.3 milligrams, one milligram, three milligrams, 10 milligrams. You can get it in all crazy doses. And if you look at the literature, it is a phenomenal supplement. It does all this powerful antioxidant properties and your gut, it, health. It gut health. And it's just like, wow, this is a great supplement. But in a small percentage of the population, it causes a paradoxical insomnia where you take it and it's like you're wired. Right. And that's what happens with me. And I keep tr- every once in a while, I'll be like, Oh, this is going to work eventually. This is just like <laughs> d- denial in me and I'll take it. And yeah, I do feel kind of groggy. But then all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I'm wired. I'm like, I feel groggy, but I'm awake. It's, it's mm. hard to explain. I wonder if it affects your cortisol. Um, you know, I've, I've looked into the pathophysiology behind it. And it's similar to when you give gravel, gravel or Benadryl <laughs> to a pediatric patient. So and it works they, the opposite. Like they are. Kids. Yeah. So, so gravel and Benadryl are CNS depressants. And in a lot of the over the counter supplements that you'll buy at, or over-the-counter sleep aids, 
that you'll buy at the pharmacy. All it is, is diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl. And that just, it's a CNS depressant, much like alcohol. So it'll just knock you out, but it'll make you like totally groggy the next day. And like, you'll have a totally shitty sleep because it affects your sleep cycle. Where melatonin is analogous to that is, um, oh, sorry, I got off on a tangent there. So with kids, it's, um, because I'm sleep deprived and having why can't I think of it right now? I'll come back to it because I'll remember it. It's um, it's a reaction that kids have to those type of drugs. I'll come back to it. But anyways, okay. um, with melatonin, some people I don't know they just don't metabolize it well, or it just it's almost like your body gets this big dose and maybe shuts down its own endogenous production. I don't actually know, but I know that it causes paradoxical insomnia. So it's happened with you, it's happened with me. And initially in max sleep, I had 5-HTP, which is a precursor to melatonin. And I started to get some feedback from people, about 20% of the people that took it, and they're just like, hey, this shit doesn't work for me. And I was like, okay, well, I'll pull a 5-HTP out. And then of course, lo and behold, now it works, right? So it's one of those things that in a lot of the population, 5-HTP and melatonin, they work really well but in some people, they don't work well. That's why yeah. I'm a big fan of using it, right? I have yeah. friends that use it and they're just like, yep, I use it every night and it works awesome. But yeah. well, it's like, no, it's, it's really good for jet lag. That's really what it's, it's designed for, right? And I, like, I use it if I think it's like, maybe I, sometimes you can tell if you're not gonna have a good sleep. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like sometimes I can tell if, like I feel, like unsettled or something, or if I'm not going to fall asleep quickly. So then I'll take melatonin within like 10 minutes. Like I feel like I'm drunk. Well, you normally fall asleep really quick. Yeah. yeah. So if you're yeah. one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, don't know. I, I hear everything. Mm -hmm. too. I'm like, the question, do you use earplugs? I tried the other night. That's funny. You just said that I tried the other night. It definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a, cause, um, like we have a fan that we have in our room so that there's background noise. Mm -hmm. I don't have, well, I have one on the ceiling, but it doesn't really make like a whole lot of noise. Yeah, we just have like a small, and then his kids, and I know my, so my kids, when they were little, I, in their bedroom, I always played, um, like water sound music, or, yeah. like water sound, like ocean, um, and then his kids have a sound machine in their room so that there's white noise. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, there's an app. There's too. an app. There's an, actually an app. I just hooked out on my phone. I can talk about that. It's actually called white noise. Um, so white noise, there's a bunch of different wavelengths of noise. There's like pink noise, blue noise, brown wow. noise, white noise. And white noise is the most common and that's supposed to drown out any ambient sound. So you have like sort of a constant sound in the background. It'll drown out like, example, your neighbor's having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you turn it up loud enough, um, but that can help. And with my kids, so I have an eight-year-old, six-year-old, and they sleep together um, in bunk beds. And so I have a white noise machine with them. And it's just like, since day one, it's worked awesome, right? And I used to use that white noise app but now that I don't keep the phone in the bedroom, we have a fan and that works really okay. well. Yeah. That rounds out the noise. Right. And I know like with my kids from the time that they were like born, I always made sure that when they were falling asleep, it was noisy. Hmm. It was never completely quiet. Like I would vacuum in their bedroom when they were sleeping. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah and I never did that with my, and I would make sure that like, they could, like I was, I would do dishes in the kitchen or I would like, like, laundry or i always made sure that there was noise my kids like as soon as there was noise they would just if they were tired they'd like bang they just fall asleep. wow we take them to like part well not parties but we'd go to like over to someone else's house there'd be like a bunch of people and talking and like kids and like selkirk he would just fall asleep in his bucket seat as soon as there was noise he was just like <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. pretty awesome yeah. and both of my kids still now like I was very particular with them from the time they were born about a sleep schedule. Right. Like, it was the same 
every day. That's important. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was like clockwork. And, um, and they, I mean, they've always slept really, really well. And I, th- I know it's because of putting them on that schedule mm-hmm. and they still are like solid sleepers. I mean, they're teenagers now, of course, teenagers sleep really well, but yeah. they've always been, and it was like, oh, it's five thirty. Okay. It's time to go home because we need to start like, um, yeah. There's, you need to start their routine for bed. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's one of the biggest things that adults screw up is their sleep schedule. Right. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, Big I mean, time. I think people take, take it for, take it for granted when their sleep is solid and they've been doing a lot of things right. Then they're like, Oh, you know, I can have this, I can have this drink at nine o'clock at night, or I can have a coffee at 6 PM or I'm going to so sure, Let's just talk about how alcohol affects sleep. Yeah. That's an easy one. So, oh yeah. I mean, so, okay. Before I get into the explanation, what happens when you drink? Uh, I get crap sleep. Um, and I'm, I'm, I have a good self-control with that. Now I used to not. Um, so no, I don't like overeat or anything. Did you say no, 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 no. Overheat. Overheat. Like, oh, I mean, overeating is a thing too, though, when you drink. Overheat. Uh, I don't really notice that. I do feel like my heart gets going quicker for sure, but I don't notice like that I get too overheated. But I mean, I am not the same the next day, no matter if I have like one or two it doesn't even matter i'm just you know my brain isn't functioning the same it's like it's because of the sleep yes it's like there's like total disconnection Mm -hmm. and then you're like usually my guts are totally off same same totally yeah 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 i mean people people like using alcohol because it's a cns depressant much like Mm -hmm. using benadryl or gravol it does the exact same thing but it completely wrecks your sleep cycles, right? You won't have the same amount of slow wave sleep or delta wave sleep. You won't have the same amount of REM sleep. And so you'll get knocked out and you'll fall asleep quick, but your sleep will be crap, right? Yeah. When I was younger, I would have, I would have some drinks and I would sleep and I would just feel kind of groggy the next day. But if I have a drink now, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to wake up really early, right? Yeah. Wakes me up really early. Right? Same. So so i was just gonna say like the other thing i think that um so i think that it's really easy to to get it to make sleep a priority if you don't have kids totally (laughs) totally like i just want like i know that there's i have lots of clients too that have said well i can't i can't do this or i can't prioritize this because you know well because i have because i have kids and um so, you know, when they go to bed, then that's when I, I stay up to do all the shit. Right. And then I stay up late and I need to mm. unwind. And, um, the thing is, is like, it can be done, but you just have to be really, really particular about prioritizing what things are important to you. Totally. Right. So as an example, so think about like, for me, I used to get up at like ridiculous hour in the morning to go and exercise because that's the only time I could get it in because of my kids. And then I worked full time, but I was, I would go to bed at like eight thirty nine 9 o'clock in order to get enough sleep so that I could get up at like three thirty in the morning, Yeah, which is not ideal. I'm not saying this is ideal, but it's like, when you, the thing is, is you have to, um, you have to plan You always have to plan ahead. Yep. Always have well, to be like one step ahead with it in order to make sure that you prioritize something like sleep. I, I, do, I think it comes down to prioritizing it though. Um, I can totally sympathize with once your kids are in bed, it's like, ah, oh, okay, now this is my time. And it's like eight o'clock and it's like, fuck, I've got like two hours until I got to go to bed. And you're just like, there's times when I'm like, I don't want to, no, I don't want to go to bed. I've, I've, I want right. to say that this is the only time that I have, yeah. especially when like when the girls are here yeah. and you know, I get them into bed and it's finally like, okay, now it's Mike and Jamie time. And I'm like, oh, okay, we got to go to bed. <laughs> Which so, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, no, that's not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, 
I, I can sympathize with that, right? That can be tough, but. Well, yeah, and I just think that it's like. But what's worse? It's like staying up to watch Netflix or, or feeling like crap the next day, right? Exactly. Like what you want to do, right? And I think some people just don't think it's going to affect them, right? Or they'll get by. And we, talk, we were talking about this earlier about getting the nine hours versus the seven hours. In, in the population that doesn't train, which, you know, probably nobody listening to this podcast is in that group. People can get away with like five and six hours because they, they get up, they eat, they go to work, they come home and they sit. They're really fairly sedentary. So they never have that stress of training. But as soon as you chuck in the stress of training, the difference between seven hours and eight hours or nine hours can be massive. Huge. Especially yeah. in what you can get done in the gym and your recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, so if you are someone who struggles with sleep and you don't have any sleep hygiene whatsoever, and you don't have a stru any structures or like routine. I mean, if you think about trying to just add an extra half an hour every night of sleep, get to bed half an hour yeah, earlier. That's a good strategy. And try, it's like, it's like everything else. You have to eat more protein. We'll add five grams a day. Right. You need to drink more water, add 500 milliliters a day. It's no different when, with sleep, with creating a, a, like a better habit for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, slowly add it. And then you st once you start to see the benefits from it, then you are like, okay, this is, this is good. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's that, what's that saying or the, the quote about if you sleep less than the amount of hours that you train a week, you might as well not train. Sleep. Oh, night. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like if you train t like nine hours a week and you're not getting nine hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Then you need to reevaluate. Then you need to reevaluate. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Cause I, I like in particular, and you, I'm sure you'll know who I'm talking about one client that she gets like four hours of sleep a night, Oof. but she trains like however many hours yeah. a week and People never can... sees results. And I'm like, and yeah. then she works like two jobs and she's like drinking bang at like <laughs> fucking six o'clock. And, yep. and oh, no. I'm like, well, there would be a reason why you have issues with overeat, like with emotional eating and, and why you're not seeing results. Caffeine. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about caffeine. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you tell your clients as far as caffeine intake? I tell mine to not drink any i mean see i'm basing it off of me and what i've seen with people in general but um to keep it to a minimum past like 12 p.m like yeah. i don't drink any caffeine past that time yeah. um and i've noticed that people when we do take it out so if they're having one at like two for example and they're having sleep problems and we take it out that can be the game changer right there yeah and I, I know people underestimate how it affects them because you can yeah. have a dose of caffeine, whether it's an energy drink or whether it's a coffee and you feel it. But then a couple hours later, you're like, oh, you either come down and you crash from it or you're like, oh, I feel fine again. But really the half-life of caffeine is anywhere from five to 10 hours, right? Now, yeah. You know, and if you're a fast metabolizer. Or slow. Slow. Yeah. And your age, your weight, your gender, all that kind of stuff, it all affects it. But I think it's even, it can still affect your sleep beyond that. So, I mean, I've had, I've had the same thing where if, and it's rare, if I don't have caffeine after 12, I know that I'll sleep much better that night. And my cutoff is usually three. And sometimes I break that rule. I'm human and I'll have a coffee if I'm at work at like five or sometimes if I go on night shift, like last night I had one at six, right? Um, but without a doubt, that's going to affect my sleep quality. For well, sure. and the thing is, is so if you have caffeine and it keeps your, your heart rate elevated, your body temperature isn't going to drop to signal mm -hmm. your, to signal that you, it's time to go to sleep to, yep. you know, release melatonin for, for sleep. So I mean, that has to do with your whole heart rate variability. Yep. Well, yeah. True. Okay. So cortisol so as well. Yeah. So your cortisol yeah. heart rate variability is so, so that if yeah. down, then how are you going to sleep? You know, mm -hmm. and, and then, right. I mean, that's why it's that whole, even like with whoop, your heart rate variability is like, if your heart rate is staying elevated and it doesn't drop, then it's going to say that your recovery is shit. Right. But if you have that drop at night, 
then that's when the next day it'll say that you've recovered 98 percent yeah so um eric my boyfriend can drink coffee at like 10 at night and go to sleep yeah i probably could too i know and you you hear this from people i'm like how are you doing that (laughs) no um i think it's a (laughs) denial thing i think okay this is what i think i think the people that can do that one are probably desensitized to caffeine to some degree because just like anything you're going to build up a tolerance to it right Right. Um, there's probably a desensitization um number two he or her or you um, i mean i wouldn't because i if i drink caffeine after like two or three i actually feel sick yeah it makes me feel sick too sometimes but i think most people that can do that probably have a very strong melatonin secretion right and Younger people will. Your, your pituitary gland is what secretes melatonin. Um, sorry, your pineal gland, not your pituitary gland. Got to get that right. Um, and as we age, the amount you secrete and the length of time you secrete it goes down. That's why old people wake up early. They just don't have the same melatonin. Right. As like, you know, like a teenager, right? They're like pumping out a massive amount of growth hormone and melatonin. They could sleep for like literally 12 hours, right? So how old is there? 34. Whoa. Going after the older guy. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that's relatively young still. So he probably just has a really good melatonin secretion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also a bit of denial too. I think people that say that they can do that, they might be able to sleep, but their sleep quality probably isn't what it could be. Right. So right. Yeah. That, he might've had deeper sleep or maybe if he was tracking it with a whoop, or some sort of device, maybe longer, slow wave sleep, which we know is very restorative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I know if I had a, a coffee or a bang right before I went to sleep, but there'd be no sleep. Right? No, I would not sleep. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. And I tend to drink a lot of coffee. So. Um, um, and I think like, I mean, the most underrated part of like people and fat loss is sleep. And, you know, yeah. fat loss journey is like that can have a huge impact on body composition. Right? Well, and I know that because we talked about that before. Remember about the full cortisol makes me fat. Right. Mm-hmm. But well, not sleeping does jack your cortisol. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so and I think you probably I think you read this book. It's uh, Why We Sleep by Matt, Matthew. I'm, I'm in it. I yeah. haven't finished it. Yeah. He talks. Get it. out of my coffee, you little knob. <laughs> drinking coffee. That's the last thing you need. Um, um, he talks about the, the level of insulin resistance that can happen with sleep deprivation. And of course, chronically that'll carry over into, into obesity. But I mean, in the, in a healthy population, if we got, you know, someone who's training five, six times a week, Jeff, he's chewing on the cord too. Oh, it's just like having kids. <laughs> I'm trying to talk here, cat. Um, so, I mean, when you're, and I have it in my seminar slides and I can't quote it off the top of my head. I don't know the exact percentage, but it's a really high percentage of insulin resistance acutely that happens. It's not like if you're if you're sleep deprived you become diabetic. Now there's yeah. correlation between diabetes and sleep deprivation. But I'm I'm I would not be the guy to say we got like stuff going on all <laughs> in the background here. Um I would not be the guy to say yeah if you don't get like eight hours of sleep um you're going to uh, you're going to get diabetes. But there's there's a strong correlation between that and insulin resistance, and that would carry over into fat loss. So if somebody's actively in a caloric deficit and they're looking to lean out, one of the best things you can do is make sure you get eight hours of sleep a night because insulin resistance is is be all end all when it comes to that, right? Yeah, and then and then you have like there's the, like that demographic of women that you know they're in their forties, yeah, perimenopausal. Hormones are kind of wacky. And what do they do? They drink a bottle of wine every night. Yep. <laughs> and they make no gains. <laughs> or they, you know, like they, then they say, well, I can't, like, I can't lose weight. Yeah. Well, there's a number of reasons for that. Right? Well, I know, yeah. but you look at like how they don't fit the whole alcohol wrecks my sleep, affects my hormones. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were saying like one glass of wine can like increase estrogen by like 25% or something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, this, this, it's funny that like, this is off on a tangent. That's okay though. The studies on like, especially wine and mm-hmm. 
and health can be a little skewed because you'll find studies and they're usually observational. So they'll take a look at a large group of people and it's like, oh, okay, these people, these people don't drink chronically, but they'll have like maybe half or one glass of the day. And look, their, their rate of disease is less, their longevity is higher, um, their BMI, their body mass index is lower. Therefore, wine must be healthy. That's the correlation, but we're just looking observational. So like just a big sort of sky view. And you know, you're probably looking at a group that they might work out more than the average population. They might have better finances than the average population. All that carries over. So much goes into it. <laughs> better health. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I always come off as being very anti-alcohol, but I guess I'm not because I drink a little bit, but I've never seen it do anything good. No. It, and, you know, no. people get mad when I say that, but I'm like, it's really from a nutrient density point of view. It's like, yeah, you can get into the whole you know, red wine and antioxidants and resveratrol and longevity. And eat some berries. Eat some fucking berries, yeah. Right. <laughs> Have some more, blueberries at breakfast. There's yeah. more detriment to drinking than there is to not drinking. It just is usually totally. beneficial. And I mean, I have clients who ask, and I'm sure you do. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, can I have a drink? Can Am I allowed to drink? And I'm like, well, you can. But just be aware that it's not serving a purpose, right? Other than for your pure pleasure that's it and it's so easy to go over in calories and stuff well and what we talked about earlier it it increases your appetite yeah (laughs) Yeah. when you drink all of a sudden your hunger goes up right yeah because your body's getting a bunch of so so alcohol is actually the fourth macronutrient right it's it's seven Mm -hmm. calories per gram completely devoid of any um micronutrients at all it's like empty calories so your body takes it in it's like oh cool i got all this energy Oh fuck! There's nothing here, so it's trying to compensate by increasing your appetite, being like, "Hey, right. I need I need some some nutrients here, right?" Yeah. Well, and then I mean, the other thing that happens too is your, um, you usually your judgment dec- <laughs> declines, <laughs> yes. right? When you start having a few drinks, and then most people like, I mean, that want to have a couple of drinks, do it in a social setting, and guaranteed if you're in a social setting and you're having drinks what else is going to be around food so calorie dense hyper palatable food right and you're you're going to be like well fuck it i'm just going to partake like everyone else yeah right and it's so easy of course then to blow all of your macros totally if you're drinking your calories and then on top of that you're eating wings and nachos and pizza which i mean mm-hmm. i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with eating those things but it usually tends to be like a massive train wreck um, when you add that type of food with alcohol. I mean, it's complete. I mean, it's different. Like if you go out for dinner and you go to have like a steak and like, you know, vegetables and whatever else and a glass of wine, that is completely different. um, A different atmosphere than going out to like a, you know, like a NFL, you know, party or whatever right yeah i mean i've had clients so from personal point of view um as i got older my tolerance for alcohol went down so i just stopped drinking it for the most part and i changed a lot of things but one of the things that i noticed was i did have a fairly dramatic change in body composition as my alcohol went to zero and there's been wasn't last year the year before we have like no alcohol for almost a year yeah we went to mexico and didn't drink yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we didn't have anything for a year, um, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but with my clients that regularly intake alcohol, they always struggle with body comp, right? Like, I don't have clients who are crazy lean that drink every day. Yeah, you know, and I've had some clients who are like really good with their training, understanding nutrition, dialed on their macros. Um, as an example, one of my clients, um, former clients, he was an accountant. Um, and so part of his job was entertaining clients and it was like almost every day he was having a drink right and he just has never obtained the body composition that he rightfully deserves because he trains really hard right right um and i also have a client too who has like a goal to be like shredded and lean and win this competition (laughs) like with his friend and he's like now he's where he's super busy self-employed but now he's at home he's cooking for himself 
and he can control all of the variables and he's drinking like 10 times more than what he was when he was like before COVID and he's like not making any progress. And then because he's drinking so much, he's not dialing in his nutrition anymore. And I'm like, I'm like subtract. Yeah. Like it makes you lazy back on track. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And then it creates like for a lot of people, if you have anxiety, it creates more anxiety and just, it's just like a spiral. It is. Yeah. And it is not much good that comes out. And you see people who stop drinking and, um they'll lose like 10 pounds instantly it's like see totally yeah it makes it can make a pretty big difference yeah hey you know since we brought up the topic of sex a couple of times we can talk about how sex affects your sleep it's good for sleep it is yeah (laughs) and you know and you know i don't know if i know good for headaches too (laughs) great (laughs) Um, i don't know if i know the reason why it affects sleep. Um, I know, at least from a male point of view, um, when you have an orgasm, you have this huge spike in prolactin. And that's, now, obviously, machinery is a lot different for women, but it's like instant yawn, instant, like, <laughs> oh my God, I got to go to sleep right now. And it's like, it's almost like you've taken a sleeping pill. Yeah. Don't you get like a release of oxytocin or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So there's a huge release of oxytocin. Uh, yeah. I don't know what role that plays within sleep. Um, but I mean, there's enough studies to show that it's like, it's, it's a huge stress relief. Yeah. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel relaxed. Um, I actually have some good facts about this, but it's in a book I got over there. So I'll pull that out for next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. i have the answer to that question i'm just for i'm forgetting what it is right now to it. why it like puts you um go, just, go grab it just go, go grab, grab it. it okay let me see if i can get it yeah. so, so while christine is looking for the answer to why sex is awesome for sleep um <laughs> what could we talk about um we could talk about sex and sleep. Um, <laughs> well, without a doubt, um, there's a big difference in the time to fall asleep. Yeah. When I've had sex and when I haven't, I know that for me, I'm a little bit of a sensitive flower when it comes to sleep. That's for sure. Um, my sleep can get pretty, pretty messed up pretty quick. So I know when I work night shifts at the fire hall, it's like no sleep. No sex. <laughs> no sex, no sleep. <laughs> well, no. And so for the, for people too, who maybe don't have a partner, I mean, it's, it's actually like having an orgasm. That's really what it is. It's <laughs> that, just about release. Yeah. Know? So, yeah. so, so, you know, don't worry about if you don't have a partner. There's always options. There's always out options there. out there. There's always there options for, out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like orgasms definitely make you um, more relaxed and mm-hmm. it's easier to fall asleep. So that's just a win-win. For sure. Um, I don't know what book it is. I don't know what book it is. So, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, and this is one of the interesting things about prolactin is I put L-DOPA, which is from Velvet Bean, in Max Sleep because it combats the elevated prolactin that athletes can have, right? And prolactin is a funny one. So that spike in prolactin with men at least um, will cause, you know, all of a sudden to be super tired, but then a chronic elevation in prolactin can actually negatively affect your sleep quality. And that's why L-DOPA is in max sleep. If anybody out there is like a a nerd and they're looking at their bottle of max sleep and they're like, why the heck's he got L-DOPA in there? And that's one of the reasons there's not a ton of studies on L-DOPA in sleep. But prior to making Max Sleep, this was something like I, I played with it by itself and I took it and I was like, wow, this is really improving my sleep quality. So it's something I wanted to have in, uh, in Max Sleep. So Christine's got her book there. She's nerding out. So it's, it's from uh, Beyond the Pill okay. by Jolene Brighton. Mm-hmm. She has like a literally a whole little thing. It says... Doctors orders orgasm once weekly. I mean, I say more than that, but once weekly. <laughs> <laughs> what would that be? Um, so I was just reading about prolactin and cycles for women. 
Mm-hmm. So orgasms, orgasms have incredible health benefits. They can reduce stress and anxiety, increase circulation, improve autoimmune disease, menstrual cycles, and fertility. They also give you glowing skin, relieve migraines, and result in better sleep. Orgasms can help you live longer. So if you're currently not enjoying your regular orgasm, start making it a priority. When you have an orgasm, you release oxytocin, often called the love hormone because it increases your feelings of affection or bonding with your partner. Um, Oxytocin can counter the negative effects of cortisol, so it can help relieve stress. There we go. So that Um, makes sense right? It can even sharpen your intuition and maybe why some women are so successful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so research has shown that oxytocin also can reduce anxiety and social anxiety. There you go. Um, So it's basically just the, it's the release of oxytocin that is, you know, calming you down and helping you. you. And I didn't, I didn't actually know that. If that's something that is decreasing or being an antagonist to cortisol, that's one of the things that will keep people awake, right? Yeah. Because cortisol is very antagonistic against the release of melatonin. You have to have, I mean, normal circadian rhythm would be at night, your cortisol drops. If you have a lot of stressors going on, whether that's physical stress or emotional stress, your cortisol is going to remain elevated. It doesn't have to be that high. I mean, I've done enough tests and you've seen, you know, you've, you've done your lab tests too. Yeah. Even if you just have a little bit of an elevation in cortisol, without a doubt, anytime I see that, on an athlete or a client's labs, it probably means that they have some sleep issues, right? And you're, you're, you're not going to be able to release melatonin. Yeah. And oxytocin is also causing a drop in cortisol. Well, then that's just a win-win too, right? Yeah. So, there we go. Have sex. Yes. So, well, so if we were just, so if we were to give someone like a list of here, it would be a really good way to create good sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. What like, would we like, say? like the top 10. So here's like step one, two, three, four, blah, blah, blah. So dark room, total blackout. Okay. Well, first, I think that people also need to think about the lead up to the sleep. Okay. So it's like dimming the lights in your house. Yep. Having things be a little bit more quiet, mm-hmm. maybe not watching Rambo. <laughs> yeah before yep. bed um so whether it's like you cut electronics a couple hours before yes um and you read or you you know have sex yes <laughs> yeah. so, i mean those are all good yeah the electronic Anyways, one is the or one. get yourself off either one well, either one yeah of- <laughs> for your book we were talking about that yeah if you don't have a partner there's always options yeah yeah so the lead to that as well like so maybe don't have a giant huge disgusting meal of food mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock yeah you know like um that probably is going to affect your sleep as well so it's like all of those things thinking about like your food quality or not eating before bed and dimming the lights and not watching, you know, overstimulating TV and, and then removing your phone from the bedroom. Yeah. So no electronics in your bedroom. Yeah. Your bedroom's for two things. Mm-hmm. Sex. And- unless you're me. Cause I can't fall asleep. <laughs> unless you're Christine. Yes. You gotta watch TV. Yeah. There's always exceptions. Yeah. But, um, actually I want to clarify something about the meal. So I get yes. asked this a lot. So a lot of times I'll get my athletes to partition a pretty big chunk of carbs to nighttime. Yeah. Um, and when I say night, I'm talking like, I'm assuming, okay, bedtime's 10 PM. So we're talking 8 PM, maybe nine, having a pretty big chunk of carbs. And it's really relative to your total grams of carbs per day, but that does a couple things. One, um, it's going to cause a spike in your insulin that in and of itself can make you a little bit sleepy. Number two, the cascade is like carbohydrate, serotonin, melatonin, right? We do, you need some other things in there too, some BCAs and amino acids, but that will help you produce melatonin and having that spike in your, in your insulin and increase melatonin that can actually help with sleep. So a lot of people get mixed up because they're like, Oh, I heard I'm not supposed to eat at night and it's going to wreck my sleep. And I'm like, no, if you have like a big freaking steak and then try to go to bed like yeah. five minutes later, 
the actual mechanical action of digesting that is probably going to keep you awake. The heat produced by that digestion is going to keep your body temperature elevated. So like don't eat 10 minutes before you go to bed, but like an hour or a couple hours before you go to bed is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was just meaning like, yeah, yeah. Like scarfing down a, a giant meal. That's going to take a lot of energy to digest yep. right before you go to bed. It's you're right. probably, probably going to be more productive. That's right. Yeah. So no and, one and, in your bedroom except for Christine. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think if you can, try and get a schedule going yes, yes that's so key yeah 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 we really didn't dig into shift workers we talked a little bit about it at the beginning yeah um but this is one of those i mean and this is me being a shift worker for the past 25 years um there is really no fix to it there's management it's almost like you're trying to just manage the damage that's being done um there's no, I, I get asked this from a lot of my clients that are shift workers. Like, how do I deal with this? I'm like, honestly, the best way is not to be a shift. Um, yeah. It is one of the worst things you can do for your athletic performance, for your body composition, for your health in general is like messing up your sleep schedule. Okay. Um, so if, so if you were a shift working, working a night shift, mm-hmm. when it comes to the whole food thing, so say you work from seven till seven. Mm-hmm. So remember how Nadia was saying she, she will eat until like a certain time, but she, hey, she moves the 24 hours over. Do you want to, not to cut you off, but do you want to get into this on another podcast? Yeah, I think that's a good it's idea. Kind of like a big topic where we could actually yeah. talk about shift work strategies because yeah. we all have shift work clients. Yeah. And that's something that we could get into. Like if you are a shift worker, what kind of strategies can you do? Yeah. Cause the whole sleep thing about, I know Nadia talked about how she yeah. doesn't go to sleep. When she comes home, she that's changed over the years. Oh, so, okay. Yes, yeah, that would be good that's, to yeah, that, that would though. be good to yeah. talk about whether it's good to go to bed right after you get off your shift at seven, or do you wait? And it depends. Like it depends. if you're yes. if you're off, mm-hmm. is what I mean. Like yeah. going into days off. That'll be a good. So we that would actually that. yeah, that would be good to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so there's no electronics then. Yeah, let's hit the list and then we'll cut it off. So, so dim the lights, chill out no elect i mean chill out but i mean like just calm down and like don't go partying and stuff well um, and you could have a hot shower have a hot shower or mm-hmm. a warm bath yes for sure um supplements uh, if you need them supplements if you need them so zinc magnesium GABA. GABA. yeah um try to stay away from melatonin unless you've had your melatonin tested uh super dark room super dark room yep white noise some people like it, some people don't, but it's it's worth trying. White noise or some sort of noise that's going to block out other noise, like a fan or something like that. Sleep naked. Sleep naked. Natural yep. fiber sheets. Yep. Um, Have sex. No booze. No, no booze. booze. No booze. Yeah, those are all the things. Mm-hmm. Any we missed? I don't okay. like so. So here's the, uh, one thing too is about the whole waking up at like three in the morning. What about it? So, well, most, most people, so you will, you do wake up. That's normal. It's normal to wake up when you like in your sleep cycle, it's being able to just go back to sleep again. So I know like there's lots of times I will wake up, but then I'm just stubborn and I stay in bed and I just go back (laughs) to sleep. Cause I feel like if I stay in my dark room in bed, I will just go back to sleep as opposed to getting up. <laughs> yeah. You hear different, different right. advice on this. And sometimes you'll hear, you know, people say, Oh, you know, if you wake up you just get up and move around or, or go get something to eat and stuff. I think it's pretty individual. Um, I have some clients who will wake up. They actually will go get something to eat, which I would never advise, but they're like, if I do that, then I fall back to sleep. Like, okay. If that works for you, do it. Um, waking up and being aware that you're awake doesn't necessarily mean your sleep is fractured because we have this sort of, um, I don't know if I'm going to pick the right word here, this diurnal sleep pattern. Um, that's actually, it's, it's millions of years old. The whole eight hours is actually relatively new. Um, it used to be more like 12 or 14 hours that we would sleep and we would have this period of being awake, but in sort of like a different sort of trance state for a couple hours and then go back to sleep. That was, that was from a long time ago with the advent of artificial light. It's almost like now we have this compressed sleeping window, right? 
Um, so it's, it's fairly normal to wake up, to be aware that you're awake. Um, it doesn't mean your sleep's fractured, your sleep's wrecked because you'll go back to sleep and you'll have another a cycle of sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty typical. Yeah. I know lots of clients get freaked out. They're like, oh my God, I woke up. I was awake for like 10 minutes and I went back to sleep. I'm like, no, 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 it's totally fine. And yeah. the other thing too is if, you, so if you have to get up in the middle of the night and pee, don't turn the lights on. Mm -mm. Yeah. Keep the lights off. Keep the yeah. lights off. Yeah. Get up. I, I never flick the bathroom light on. I'm like, that'll keep that'll, it off. Down yeah. 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 Well, should we, should we end it there? So this is a whole podcast on sleep. That's all right. It's a good topic. Yeah. So, yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, I'm going to need some sleep this afternoon, I think, cause I got another night shift. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get on with your day. All right. Thanks okay. for being here guys. Talk to you guys later. Bye.